Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. If you are a regular listener, you know that I try to take part of our time to introduce you to authors that challenge me as I work on my own marriage relationship. One of those authors is Shanti Feldon. I have several of her books and video studies that I have taught and used successfully as I coach couples. Well, for the next few broadcasts, I want to take a look at some of the things Shanti says in her book, Highly Happy Marriages, The Little Things That Make a Big Difference. Before we do, though, I want to share a few sentences with you from her book, The Good News About Marriage. She says about those who are having some problems, what usually happens is that a husband and wife who deeply care about each other are tripped up by some relatively simple things, often resulting from a lack of knowledge about what the other person needs or what hurt them. They simply don't know some elementary needs and fears shared by not only their spouse, but most other men and women. Or they don't know a few simple day-to-day actions that would make a big difference to the happiness of their marriage. Sounds to me like she's confirming my approach of mutual understanding. Now let's begin looking at Shanti's book, Highly Happy Marriages. Without a doubt, the dream of a happy marriage is one of the most consistent longings of the human heart. Most of us deeply want to experience an abundant, delightful, lifelong companionship that we can thank God for every day. Forget the bleak statistics we've seen. Forget the bad rap that committed lifelong marriage between a man and a woman gets in the media. Basically, we want to marry our best friend, then enjoy our spouse and enjoy being married. And many people do. But I've also noticed that many others feel stuck in a rut and don't know how to get out of it. Some not-yet-married couples aren't sure they can navigate the transition to a lifetime commitment, or whether the dream of a forever marriage is even realistic. And many couples, especially in times of heartache, harbor secret doubts about whether a great marriage is possible for them, and some have stopped hoping for better. Instead of highly happy, they've settled for sometimes happy or even mostly mediocre. But it doesn't have to be that way. You may have noticed that many marriage books and efforts at relationship improvement try to increase a couple's happiness by digging into key relationship problems. Essentially, they're asking things like, what's the underlying reason for this particular problem? Or, bigger picture, Why do marriages turn bad? Identify the reason, identify the problem, and fix it. Indeed, this is great because all of us need that sort of help sometimes. However, Shanti's emphasis in this book is why do marriages turn good? What causes a so-so union to become delightful? Millions of couples truly enjoy each other in strong, rewarding relationships and Shanti wanted to know what they do right and what can we learn from them that would make our relationships just as strong and rewarding. 
So for several years, she identified and studied the bright spots in exceptionally happy marriages. The overarching question she pursued was, What simple, learnable habits are common to highly happy couples? Habits they may not even realize are making them so happy and that others can replicate. In other words, what are the surprising secrets of highly happy marriages? Well, over a three-year period, she interviewed or surveyed roughly a thousand couples in order to identify the highly happy marriages. I'm going to share the pivotal question with you, and as I do, answer it for your own marriage. Are you personally generally happy in your marriage these days and enjoying being married? You get to choose one of the following five answers. Number one, yes. Number two, yes, most of the time. Number three, it depends. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Number four, not really. Number five, no, I am really unhappy. Oshanti found that most answers fell into the yes, most of the time category. For many couples, the answers were split. For example, one spouse might answer yes, while the other picked yes most of the time, or even one of the negative answers. What she wanted to identify and study were those couples where both the husband and the wife independently and anonymously chose yes. She surprisingly found that there is a significant difference between a truly yes couple and a couple where one or both spouses answered yes most of the time. But her biggest surprise was that happy couples can rarely identify what exactly it is that is making them so happy, not without some purposeful digging. Maybe you've noticed that when you ask a happy couple what they are doing that makes them so happy, they tend to smile and say something sweet and even inspiring, but honestly, not all that helpful. Well, communication's absolutely vital, they'll say. Or, we've learned how to fight fair. Or, we just love being with each other. Well, that's all well and good, but what can you do with those comments? Communication, or knowing how to fight fair, sounds great, but what does that mean? What are they doing differently from what you are trying to do? More to the point, what is it specifically that you can do differently if you want to get their results? From her research, Shanti found that most of the time, those critical differentiating habits were nearly invisible to the happy couple because they were actually quite small. She says that she and her husband, Jeff, discovered again and again that contrary to popular belief, it's usually not the biggies, the in-laws, money, or sex, that determine the level of day-to-day -day mutual happiness in a marriage. Much more often, it's daily unspoken beliefs, assumptions, and practices that make the difference regardless of the big issues. In other words, it is how we handle those issues that determines how much we enjoy marriage. Small difference makers, maybe, but immediately powerful, and for you and me, nearly priceless. 
Because once you know that they make a difference, you can do them on purpose. And even though most of us overlook them, they tend to be as close as the end of your nose. Now here's an example that Shanti includes in her book. At one marriage conference that she and Jeff did for dozens of first responders and their spouses, they conducted a real-time keypad survey. They had spouses sit on opposite sides of the room so they could be completely candid in their answers about what were largely high-stress marriages. After the group came back together, they projected the answers on the screen. The final slide showed the results to a question asking them how they felt about their spouses. 95% of those in the room answered that they absolutely cared about their spouses. Just 5% answered, sometimes, with zero saying that they didn't really want the best for their spouses anymore. But when the responders were asked if they knew their spouses wanted the best for them, only about half answered yes. In other words, nearly everyone in the room cared about his or her spouse, but only half of those spouses actually believed it. Shanti says that here's the happiness secret that arises from it. Highly happy spouses choose to believe their mate cares for them, no matter what they're seeing from their spouse or feeling at the time, and they act accordingly. In the marriage seminars I do, in the last session we spend quite a bit of time talking about what happens when what we experience doesn't match what we expect. When that happens, we have a choice. We either assume the worst or we believe the best. Shani's approach is not to suggest that there is a quick fix for marital happiness. Some difficult relationships require professional counseling. In an imperfect world with imperfect people, the operative words about the impact of the different habits that we're going to look at are often or likely rather than always guaranteed. Sometimes things just don't turn out right. But as we continue, the key is that no matter the state of your marriage, small changes in awareness and action truly can change everything. Mutual understanding once again. As we go through this study, don't try to apply every new idea you get at the same time. Trying to tackle too many at once results in getting overwhelmed to the point that you end up doing none of them. Pick one idea first and try it for a while. Then when that action becomes a habit, start on another. And how do you know when it becomes a habit? When it feels strange that you aren't doing it anymore. Shanti's research shows that positive changes in a marriage rarely depend on one difficult spouse suddenly becoming an altogether different person. Usually the opposite is true. Change, even in challenging marriages, most often starts with one immediate, practical, and surprising choice. A choice made by just one partner. And you can make it. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, 
you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.